Welcome back to His Story Podcast. Today's conversation is with Chaplain Jovan Francini Vargas. We thank you for listening in today. Please share this podcast with your friends and family and follow us on Spotify. Today, we will be looking at Jesus's story through the life of Jovan. God bless, and I pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. I want to go back just a little bit in your life and okay. you have an interesting story. I, I heard your story once when we were in college together, but I, I would, I just wanted to, I'm like, man, you got such a powerful mm -hmm. and interesting story of how God has worked in your life. If you can just kind of step back a little bit and tell us your process through conversion and what was that like for you? Okay. Well, I mean, to go back to the to go back to the beginning stages of where I started in encountering uh, that change, that transformation in me was right around 2012. I found I I I saw myself living in Dominican Republic as I as I already had taken up a, a challenge a few years before that to take care of my uh, my father who was dealing with alcohol usage mm -hmm. and. Um, so I left the Dominican Republic. I abandoned my life in the sense of not looking towards doing anything for myself, but to be there for my father. And during those, uh, during that time, I I I discover things about me that I had no idea I, I I had, you know, in me. And sooner or later, 2012 kicked in, and from one day to another, I just woke up with the desire of knowing who God was and who Jesus was. I mean, I, I knew who God was. Don't get me wrong. I was born and raised in a Catholic home, but I um, I really did not have that close relationship with, with God. I just never found myself, in, you know, just never found myself looking for God to that moment, to that moment that I just woke up one day. And the desire to learn about God, learn about Jesus, what the Bible has to say. So, right around that time of 2012, I uh, this uh, this fire kicked in to to just approach people and just everyone who I already met in my past that came up to me talking about talking to me about God. I, you know, I I revisit them and ask them questions about the Bible. So, I I could have I could have have gone maybe I think I went a good six months just going through that stage looking for looking for answers looking for answers and um right around i would say november november of 2012 i started seeing a change now most might think that this is just a simple decision that any human being can make most may say that you know you just you hit your rock bottom and you just decided to change but I don't look at it that way. I feel that God does perform miracles. Mm. And the way he does it sometimes are unexplainable. You see, the Bible has a lot of story about different people who God called, especially in the New Testament. People who came from different backgrounds with different issues and problems. 
And when that and when Jesus visited them and touched them, things changed. Now, mind you, I'm here taking care of my father, trying to help him out. And I'm trying to find myself through this situation, this just too much information that I was receiving at the same time. And I wake up one day and I stop drinking alcohol. A couple of weeks later, I wake up, I stop consuming um, all different type of cigarettes and marijuana, you name it. Right. A couple of weeks later, I took away all of my earrings and all of my, you know, just everything I would wear to enhance my, you know, myself to the public. And um, come April of 2013, I started visiting churches. Now, I must have visited maybe like about four churches before that one day happened. And, you know, I, I can just name different denominational uh, uh, religion that churches I, I went to when I visit, but nothing ever happened. Now, one night I got invited to uh, to this church and uh, I was um, on my way to do something that day. I uh, I got canceled while I was on my way to, to, to go, you know, visit that friend who I was, I had a set schedule to do uh, a physical training with him. On my way back home, I hear, I overhear this, uh, this crowd of students and uh, just talking about God and talking about Jesus. And um, uh, mind you, during that time, I was already asking questions and going up to people and just investigating more. So as I, as I jumped myself into this, into this conversation that I had no business in going into, uh, I, I comment back to something they said about God. And uh, this one lady said, hey, why don't you just come by, come by church tonight? We're going to be at this and so church at this and so uh, time um, our service starts. And uh, I'll see you there. And uh, hmm. little, di- little did I know, I go back home and I, I sit down there with my grandmother, my father, and just I waited for the time to come across. And I, I went ahead and visit this church. Now, this church was a central church of Seventh-day Adventists in um, uh, Bonau, uh, Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I go as a simple visitor. I sit in one of the stools there. I, I just wait. I sit down, wait for the service to start. And uh, to to go a little bit more ahead on the story, after the pastor already, already had delivered his sermon, he, he does his, his calling. And during that first calling, many people went up and uh, and I, I wanted to go up. You know, when he started calling, I, I wanted to go up. I felt it. But I was I was like, no, nah, I ain't going to I'm not going to do that. Like I, I felt embarrassed. You know, I, I literally felt embarrassed if I get up and people are going to see me and all this right. that. And I, I just felt embarrassed. So I, I just didn't go up. But then again, before he wrapped it up, he did a second calling. And he just kept looking back and forth in the congregation. And that's when I was like, I just started doing this. I started, you know, I started rocking, you know, back and forth. And like, should I go up? Should I not go up? And um, I just got up. I, you know, I just got up and I went up there. Pastor prayed. His name was uh, Pastor Ventura. He He prayed. And right after he prayed, he asked this simple question. He said, is there anyone here who wants to be baptized? And I, I, I raised my hand. I, I went, I went for it. You know, I raised my hand, and 
I don't know why, but he told the deacons uh, to take me to the back. They put this robe on me, and and they told me you're net, you're after this family. I mean, I I don't know what I was doing to be honest. I had no idea what was going on. All I knew is that I'm like, okay, yes, yes. I was like a yes, yes man to everything they were telling me at that point in time. Right. Long story, long story short, this family of five got baptized. Then they presented me, and uh, they baptized me. I go back home that night. I sit in my bed. And I just snap into like reality. I'm like, okay, what just happened? What did I just do? <laughs> and as I explain this over and over and over, uh, Gio, to different, you know, people, and uh, whenever I'm asked how I, how I, you know, yeah. how did I know about the Adventist Church, they they seem not wanting to believe how how it happened. I mean, I, I guess I'm a miracle in that sense, right? You know, after after us studying in, in class, we were literally told that you're not supposed to do that, right? You're supposed to prepare the candidate, right? Giving him Bible studies, yep. showing him the 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 spiritual prophecy, you know, making sure the person is a hundred percent ready to take that next step. <laughs> in my in my case, it happened the other way around. It, it happened literally the other way around. I got baptized, Gio. So yeah. I spent a good eight nine months. Um, after that in the Dominican Republic. And uh, that's when I decided to go back to the U.S. and and re- reinitiate with my life and, and go back into what I'm supposed to be doing. During those eight, nine months, um, all hell broke loose because a lot of things happened. Um, as I was trying to do good and trying to leave all those bad things that I knew that were not doing any good for my health, um, I was, I felt more attacked and more attacked to a point where my own family, my father and my grandmother told me, you can pack up and leave. Wow. Um, because I mean, during that time I was working with them and their, and their, um, their business they had. And, uh, they literally told me, Hey, you're the, our money is not for church. So you can pack up and leave. Wow. And, um, as much as I tried helping out my father and helping out in the family business, it it just didn't work out. God had different plans for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, during those eight, nine months, I, I experienced it all. I got, I got robbed from my, from my motorcycle with gunpoint and everything like, and nothing happened. Wow. Thank God. So I, I went through it, you know, I went through <laughs> it and, um, you know, this is a story that I, I tell people that, hey, man, you just when you feel something that's going on and God is touching you and he's and he's he keeps knocking on your door and he wants you to give your life to him. Don't hold yourself back because little do you know, the enemy takes you again by the two feet and you're done. So whenever you feel that calling, don't ignore it. Just don't ignore it. You know, if you don't understand it to the full to its capacity, at least give yourself the chance. And stay around that circle until you feel ready to take the next step. You know, it may not be like it happened with me, right. but but there is plenty of people out there who who feel they need to change and they want to change. Wow. But I I really I really um so let, you know let, let, let me stop you. Let me interrupt you there for a little bit. So that, essentially, that. this starts by by essentially you know it's the spirit of God pressing your heart and you're seeking, you, you know, you're watching your life around you as what I'm understanding. And, and you're seeking the Lord, you're seeking for answers. And essentially mm-hmm. you, you get an answer, right. And, and you get a call and, 
quote unquote, you slip through the tr through the cracks, so to speak, and without getting any, you know, intense Bible studies or, or, or you know, a full course of what Adventism is, you jump into this. And talk to me now about that learning curve, though, because, yeah, you're going through all of this. But essentially, if and you correct me if I'm wrong. And what I'm picking up is is you're you're coming from a life of no church or and essentially what, you know, Christian, you just say you're unchurched. Right. You're you don't know the protocol. Mm -hmm. you don't know. Talk to me a little bit about that learning curve as far as all of this is going on, because, yeah, you're going on and you're getting attacked. But that learning curve, I'm thinking and I'm just kind of trying to think here as I'm listening to your story, like what 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 was going on through your head as far as, you know, and I always I always say this now I was I was born Adventism in Adventism. But I always I always tell our, our brother, like, you know, we have to admit that sometimes Adventism is just weird. Right. They go to weird. They go to church on a weird day. They eat weird things. They act differently. They dress differently. They do things a little differently. And from somebody that comes from that, you know, especially from from different Protestant denominations and things of that sort, there's not much change in that. You know, they okay, yeah, they turn their life over to Christ and they go to church, but the Adventism learning curve, I think, is probably one of the most difficult ones. If you, I, I don't know if you would agree with me on that, that is probably a, a difficult one in, in in comparison to maybe other religions. But my question is, how was that learning curve for you? So, I mean, the well, to answer some of your questions, yes, I, I understand that it is difficult, you know, understanding each other through conflict, decision-making with your own congregation. It's, mm -hmm. I feel that in every denominational uh, uh, religion background, you name it, there's, there's always gonna be differences. There's always gonna be one extreme and the other. There's mm -hmm. always going to be, uh, you know, I don't get, I'm not, I don't agree with you. You agree with me. So yes, I, the learning curve was not easy. It was, it wasn't easy. In the beginning stages, I, I really wanted to change my ways. Mm -hmm. I was, I was in other words, done for already with all the stuff that I was, you know, revolving myself like all the stuff that i was doing during that time i was already tired like i was literally tired sick and tired of that lifestyle now we could say that because of the status that i was you know in that current how i felt during that current moment mm -hmm. i i just it was a lot easier i would say but then again even though it was easier to adapt myself to the, to, to that learning curve that I was proposed to, um, God was there with me, even though I, even though I, I really wanted to change and I really wanted to leave these things behind. Now, I feel that we don't stop learning. There's always something new that we're going to always pick up no matter where we see ourselves serving or where we, you know, where God has brought us to. Mm -hmm. So, when I first, just to give you a, a, a bit of a background, when when I was first introduced to this church and I got baptized, if with a, with the knowledge that I have now, you know, all due respect, I understand that the church where I got baptized is a bit extreme. And what I mean by a bit extreme, I I mean this, like, you know, when when you're not allowed to shave. 
both sex, male and female, I, I find it a little too extreme. Right. And if you and if you do, then that's that's a little bit, you know, you're from you're from the outside world. You know, that, that these are small little things that I saw. Now, I didn't agree with everything they were teaching me, but I was willing to learn and pick up the things that I knew I needed. And even though I didn't agree with them, I still loved them. I still mm -hmm. loved them. They provided for me a house, an environment, a safe environment, a peaceful environment. They presented this the congregation presented God and who Jesus is through their examples. It was a and, wrench. Yeah, it, it was literally a 180 degree change for me. And completely I still kept dress I still kept, you know, I, I was still dressed how I dress, you know. Uh, before going into church, I was in the music world, so I didn't change everything about myself, but I knew that the, the very few things I can name right now, I, I did stop doing them. And during that, during that, um, during that transition of learning and, and brushing off things and learning new things, um, you know, I, I, I learned how to balance myself within this new culture that I, I, I had just walked into. And mm. it, it was good. It was good. I, I started seeing a more, you know, uh, I started seeing a different um, way about church and about Adventism when I left the Dominican Republic. And that's when I understood that certain parts of the world have a certain way of looking at it and how to conducting themselves within your own culture. And um, the learning curve for me is, is, is doesn't, it never leaves. Mm. I feel like the learning curve, it, it never leaves. Um, you're always learning something different. Cool. Now, now as, as we kind of speed it up here, cause I want to pick your brain a little bit about uh, your field and where you are in, in ministry. Now talk to me about now the call to ministry, because yeah, there's a conversion experience. Uh, um, and, and you're coming into this environment and, you know, you've, you essentially have committed to this Jesus. And so the learning curve, although difficult, and from what I'm understanding of you is that although it was difficult, you were willing to do it because of the love of, for Jesus that you had, you had fallen in love with him essentially. Mm -hmm. And you were willing to, to essentially, you know, make that, uh, a change as necessary in order for you to be, to be a right, to find the change that you needed. But how does now ministry come into place? How does how does this guy from, you know, let's say out there living in the world and interested in music now is interested in ministry? And how does that come about? Okay. Um, so that 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 learning stage of, you know, while I was still in Dominican Republic and then I I, I left, um, I signed up, went went into school. I went back to school mm -hmm. after after eight after you know I was I, I believe I was thirty years old around that time. My intentions was to just you know choose a career path, get ready, and uh, you know do something about myself. Yeah. Um, when I uh, approached uh, where we studied or for our undergrad, I I just <laughs> fell in love with 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 all this different way about going about ministry in other sense, I, I want to call it, you know, I, I had very few options in the Dominican Republic. It was just either black or white. There, there was no, like, we can do this with mm -hmm. this and mix it together and, and this will be the result. So 
So Ontario Adventist University offered different platforms for people who come from different backgrounds to serve God. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I was learning all these different ministries and different ways of serving your Lord, um, I felt more more passionate and I felt more connected with where I was at and what God has done for me then. And through that learning curve, I I felt that, okay, I, I, I see myself here. I can see myself there. I'm, I feel like I'm a good fit to this. And, uh, <laughs> During that, during that, um, during that, ex, ex, you know, during that moment where I was exploring more and more, you know, I, I felt the call to to just dedicate myself to ministry, and and that's when I decided to to just get ready and and study theology, you know. So it was a rough decision because you know I like any human being, you know, I felt a lot of fear, and I right. and. I was doubting myself and, you know, as I went ahead and just got some counsel and spoke to a few mentors um, during that time, they uh, kind of helped me clarify and put things in perspective. And that helped me a lot. And uh, just, hit, you know, dropping on my knees, praying a lot, asking the Lord for his His guidance. Um, mm. Most of my time and where I dedicated all of my time was was in ministry. And um, and God, God definitely delivered, man. He definitely showed the the way. So that that that's where I feel, you know, that my calling came together. Um, and and you know, it's it, it's it, it's a learning it's a learning roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It's a learning roller coaster that people who study and um, decide to serve their Lord full time, part time. No. Whoever they want to serve, however they see themselves serving the Lord, it, it's a roller coaster ride that you just never know where what turn is is about to approach. Just gotta be ready and hold on tight, and expect you know either that uphill or that downhill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so two questions as I'm listening to you that just kind of popped in my head here a little bit mm-hmm. is is you said you received a little bit of backlash from your family. Um, once you decided to follow Christ, right? There was at least, you know, little, this little bit of uh, 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 not acceptance of that part. But what about now? I mean, now, okay, it's one thing, okay, you're converting to this religion. But what now, you know, did you share this with your family, your mother, or, you know, maybe with those family members that rejected you? Like, okay, now, not only am I going to be part of this religion, this this new religion or this new weird religion or Adventism, but now I'm gonna be a minister in that in 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 in, in Christianity. How how did they take that? I mean, they 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 didn't take it so well. Um, my you know my mom and a few other people who really cared about me were you know they were happy that I was a lot more calm and not too crazy, but they mm-hmm. were not too happy with the fact that I was such. Like my, everything about myself, all of my time, all of my dedication was, you know, Bible, Bible. I want to learn more. I want to learn more. So they they <laughs> saw it as I was a fanat. I was I was being brainwashed. That, those were the exact wow. words shared from my family members. You're you're, you're just being brainwashed. It it will wow. it will fade away sometime in the future, you know. So that's how they they huh. took it. And um, 
And it was rough, man. It, it was honest. For whoever sees themselves right now um, being the only one from your family that serves this, this you know, serves your Lord through this, through this religion and believe in, uh, in this belief system, um, mm -hmm. it, it, this, can, this, this, this can counter, you know, it can counter back at you and you can feel tempted from your own family members if you're not spiritually... Wow um strong so they they your own family can make you slip and fall and go back into your old ways if you're wow. not spiritually strong and um so yeah I, I got some negative comments although uh now it's different you know they see after so many years the consistent the consistency and mm -hmm. how i've stayed connected no matter how bad i saw myself in certain situations they they would they just saw how I never gave up and let, I just never let go. I just wow. never let go. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been, you know, it was, it was a rough, it was a rough beginning. It was a rough start. And I be, I believe that's where, that's where it leads, leads down to, you know, as just let God transform you, let God do what he does in your life. Mm -hmm. The examples that you show off, um, your family members and your, you know, everyone in your surroundings will see, you know, okay, this guy's real about it. He's, or he's not. So, you know, that, right. that, that was my experience. <laughs> that was my awesome. Experience. So, so I guess my, my next question to that would be is, is, is there any point along the way, at least maybe an experience that you can share throughout this whole time? So, you know, your conversion to now your call to ministry and then during that that transition and training that you were going through, is there any story that kind of pops out to you throughout your whole experience? It could be something in, in college or not in college, but any type of experience that that you might have gone through that you can say, yeah, this kind of confirmed my call into ministry. Any any anything that pops out. I mean, just well, when uh, I know you were doing canvassing out there for a while as well. And I and I. And I know I'm probably getting a little bit help, but I, I saw a change. I saw even when you made the decision and watching you from the from the outside, you know, but I don't know. Maybe maybe some some story that through that experience that helped you out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. When you serve the Lord, bro, it's it's a constant challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, you walk in through one door, you close it, you open up another one and throughout every door that you open there's going to be challenges. And I cannot say, Gio, I can literally not say that since that right moment that I decided to study theology and just serve the Lord, um, there hasn't been a challenge. Now, I could say that there's been moments when I've been spiritually weak. There's been wow. moments when I've been spiritually cold. And during these moments of me being spiritually weak and cold, the enemy has taken advantage of me during that time. And when the enemy did take advantage of me of during this time, I slipped and fall. And what I mean by I slipped and fall, I mean like I, I, you know, I saw myself in in old habits I once overcame and had strength, not going back to. Um. I saw myself uh, dealing with doubts. I saw myself decided to not go back and not continue. So, the, the, I mean, the enemy has taken a hold of me during my spiritually uh, weak moments. 
and cultures, mm. and, and that's where like that's where it lays down to. I came to an understanding that if you don't understand what's going on at that right moment, the only answer you have is to is to fire up your spirit again, and wow. and and just maintain yourself connected and on fire, with, you know, with with God and and make sure that you're there. And and that's 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 what I would that's what I can share about about you know when it comes to this this question. Yes, of course, you know it's it's a it's a learning curve. It's a learning curve, and you know um, if you're asking for specific information, I don't know if I'm going to go into that. <laughs> but but right, I'm right. not perfect, you know. I'm not perfect, and and even if I'm even if I even if I've fallen. And um, right. and and I know my mistakes, you know. Mm -hmm. I I I came to Jesus, right? I came to God. I I didn't I didn't uh, think I was I was you know good enough. I just made sure that I went to God and I went to God and I prayed and I prayed and I asked for strength. And I know that what I was living through is 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 normal. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's in the Bible. I mean, a lot of people right. who recalled um, went through it. You know, not everyone was, you know, a David or, you know, we all had a we all had we all have um, some type of battles that we deal through, and that was my experience. You know, um, mm -hmm. those early and uh huh, right? No, and 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 I get it, but but more than more so than failures at least to me and and I'll tell you just kind of briefly that one of one of the one of the main points to me that comes from my ministry for example was this aspect of co-pouring and just the experiences that I went through there for me at least in my first two years I I did I did co-pouring for a while and those who don't know it that's you know when we go out selling books and 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 we put Christian books and we go off and that's how we pay our, our way through college and things of that sort. And, and, and so what I guess what I'm asking you is kind of disabuse from the failures and, 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 ex, you know, share with me some successes as far as that, that, that really confirmed and said, yeah, you know, the, I, through this, I could really see God calling me to this. This is so that, you know, I, I apologize if you misunderstood my question, I probably didn't express it uh, correctly, but you know, is 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 that is is there any moment in time that you could say that marked a a, a confirmation, uh, an experience where you had this success and you said, "Yeah, God, God called me." Of course. So, um, yeah, I'm referring to your question. I all through my breaks during during my undergrad, I served as a corporating leader, right in in Florida, and uh, the experiences that I lived there was was one of a kind. Um, you know, you see God work hand, hands on, like you're literally stepping out in faith every day, expecting for him to open up doors <laughs> and help, you know, students who are in need of this, of these funds to pay for school. So the fact that we were able to prep ourselves up every day, you know, through devotionals and through prayer and, uh, you know, we'll step out there to the local streets and talk to total strangers and, uh, through the pre presentation of leaving books in their hands and seeing how they will sometimes break down crying, saying that it was a prayer, a prayer answered or, or, um, someone just writing you a $2 check because 
they understood your 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 struggle and your hustle and they just wanted to help out and, <laughs> and that someone was praying for that a week ago because two weeks before the program finishing it was going really bad so these these wow. prayers through these um through this ministry of corporating has definitely confirmed that God exists that he's there mm. and wow. and the fact that corporating is a ministry that really takes you out of your comfort zone on a daily basis you're you're literally in other words living with 15 20 students waking up doing chores doing devotional stepping out canvassing coming back <laughs> You know, literally living with these amount of students and uh, seeing their 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 goods and their bads and their all type of, you know, uh, you know, who they really are, uh, you get to ex uh, you get to experience um, God just working hand hand hands hands on and um, corporating has definitely been in a ministry that's helped me confirm that ministry through time. Awesome, awesome. And uh, I still I still go back to it whenever I can if, if I have time available in my hands. And it's still been a blessing, man. God is still blessing. Awesome. Awesome. And now let's let's fast forward here a little bit. You graduate and now you're off in the field and, and so what happens now? What 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 is of Jovan? And that's the last time I saw you. That's that up to now that, that I know your story up to this point, but but what happens now? What happens afterwards? I mean you graduate you know, and everybody kind of goes off to their own world. And, and now, you know, they're all, everybody is mm -hmm. sort of looking for their niche in this uh, field called ministry. But to you, brother, I mean, what, what happens after you graduate and uh, um, how do you end up where you are now? Well, right after I graduated, I, um, I was, I was just, I was happy to be honest, Gio. I was, I was happy to, um, don't get me wrong, but I was happy to leave Puerto Rico. I, I, I've, before graduation, I've, if I've experienced a few, uh, moments of my life where I was not so happy about myself and, um, a lot of things happened during my time there in Puerto Rico that just had me a little bit, a little bit confused. So after I graduated, I left, I left Puerto Rico, went back to serve, um, as a corporating leader in Florida. Um, that went really well. I um, I met um, uh, my loved one, who I'm married to now, in the corporate mm. ministry, and um, that was wonderful. You know, so many years dedicating myself to this ministry, I, I God definitely blessed. Um, the corporate ministry finished, the summer finished, but I'm gonna be honest, uh, uh, Gio, I was, I was, I was still in that moment, that right moment. I was still questioning God and asking him what's happening, what's going on. I've applied in so many different places and I have not one, received not one answer yet. That to me became wow. a little bit of a, of a, you know, uh, it just became a little bit tough to swallow because I'm here thinking things are going to happen how in my ways, how I think they should mm -hmm. happen. And, uh, and you know, when God, when God has something in store for you, he, he knows when to do it, how to do it. And when and at what time to get this, you know, get get started with it. And um, I applied in so many different places. I was re re willing and ready to do anything. I tried different um, job opportunities, and it, it didn't go well. And I was still questioning myself and still asking the Lord, "What do you have for me? What's going on?" 
why is it that I can't find peace in what I'm doing? And why is it that I'm still questioning you when I should just trust you and have faith and be patient that you got something in store for me? So little do I know, um, winter of 2019 comes around and I got called to be a leader in Texas uh, in a canvassing program. And I wasn't expecting that, but wow. I, 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 call, I called, I got in contact and I told, I told the directors, Hey, listen, I, I just met, uh, I, I just been with, you know, I, it's, it's been a couple of months already that I've been planning to marry person who I'm with. And, um, <laughs> I don't think I'm, I'm ready to go right now. Okay. So that 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 became a bit of a challenge because I thought I was telling no to an opportunity that God had opened up for me. Mm. I got married that next year, that February of uh, twenty, uh, the next year of twenty twenty, right? And um, summer comes around, and I get called again to lead in Texas. Now, I got called because everyone else said no, and and during this summer, it was literally the during the pandemic. Okay. It was, wow. it was literally when the pandemic was in its best. So the director was willing to take the sacrifice and open up the program. And we were the only conference all of, all in the United States with a canvassing program going on during that summer. And um, I believe that moment is when I saw God working for me. You know, I met people there in Texas. I met, uh, different pastors and, and just different people who have, uh, who serve in different roles. And, um, right. as I served over there in, in, in Dallas, Texas, um, God opened up a door. I met some people and, um, I went for it and uh, a chaplaincy position popped up in the hospital in Texas. Right. Right. And, um, I, I went for it and, and I'm like, okay, I, I I can see now things coming together, and and mm -hmm. and here I am right now. And this past winter, I also led in, in a program in Houston, Texas. So definitely, the canvassing ministry, the corporate ministry, has 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 been a platform that's led me to different places and 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 led me to different experiences and different opportunities. And I can't. Mm -hmm. I can't complain, not one bit. You know, I, I met my wife. I I'm I'm in this job right now that because of the canvassing ministry, I, I I'm there. You know, and, and God has been good. You know, and and that's what's that's mm. what's going on right now as far as as far as the platform I serve as a as a chaplain. Awesome. Now, now one more question for you, and I know your time is valuable. And and now talk to me a little bit. Now you're in chaplaincy in the middle of a pandemic, so I'm I'm just a little curious here to you know ask you some question. How was how was that like? I mean, in the middle of a pandemic, were you restricted? Were you guys maybe grounded and not doing much? What was going on during this pandemic? And now you're in in chaplaincy and ministry there in this hospital. During the pandemic, it was it was a it was a crazy experience. Um, so just to start a little bit from the canvassing experience and on, um, we were coming back to church every day, following through the procedure of, you know, disinfecting ourselves, bags, books, sneakers, everything. Mm -hmm. And not one person got sick. 
um, we managed to break record financially in that summer. And we got like more than 50 something Bible studies, people who were crying and dying for help, seeking for help because they did not understand why a lot of people were passing away. So that, that experience was, was one of a kind, Gio. And, um, that following year in February, I, I started, um, working in the hospital as a chaplain and, uh, Every day we would have more than 45, 50 patients with COVID. Now we were able to walk into those rooms, but we had to suit up. You know, we had to suit up from from head head to toe and make sure that we were um, well protected before we visit the, the COVID patients. But um, it, it was being in a hospital during this time was was a, a great experience because people were in great need of of you know everyone was was willing to let you speak and let you talk and um um what i've learned throughout my time at the hospital is that although i come from an adventist background you know being a chaplain um it's about more serving to the people's needs and that current moment and not really evangelizing them to follow what you believe in. so i i love that experience because you know everyone has a different issue a different problem going on during their time and when you were able to present that there's hope, that there's peace, there's there's more, you know, beyond the midst of, of, of darkness, you know, you, wow. you were able to minister to them and and you were able to show that example, you know, that Jesus example to, to people. Um, keep it in consideration that you can be talking to a, a Muslim or, you know, you can be talking to a Jehovah Witness, you name it. You, you, you were, yeah. I, was, I was literally... Um, approaching people from different, um, you know, religion backgrounds. And it's been a great experience. It's been a great experience and also a challenge because it was my first experience as a chaplain in a hospital environment. And uh, it's it's definitely a, a, um, a good, you know, a good, uh, a good experience overall, bro. It's something that I, I had no idea how to approach myself to, to these different conversations. But through that learning experience, um, I've been taught and, and it's just, it's awesome. It's awesome to be able to serve and not push mm. religion to people. Awesome. Well, I mean, bro, we've, we've run out of time, but, um, you gotta come back and share, keep sharing your story with us, especially in chaplaincy. But last thing for you, last thoughts is what do you say to those after people, you know, listening to your story here today and and your experience is, of course. what do you want to tell those young people that are maybe considering ministry? Maybe there's somebody out there that not necessarily is going to go out and study and, and get a bachelor's degree in, in theology and become a pastor, but maybe they're just considering taking a position at church or leading out in some kind of group or, or maybe even, yeah, maybe there's somebody out there that is considering being a pastor, going into ministry. What would you say to them? I would say, uh, don't give up. Don't give up. I mean, yeah, your your path, your direction may be different from ours, but I came from a background where I, I, I finished high school and I was done with school. Ten years later, I go back to school. I get my bachelor's. I, I don't know where God is going to lead me to. I don't know if I'm going to be a pastor. I don't know if I'm going to be a youth pastor. I don't know what I was going to do. During that experience, I was exposed to different ministry that obviously led me to chaplaincy. Now I'm in a clinical environment 
you know, learning how to be a chaplain in the clinical environment, while at the same time, I'm going from a master's to be a, a military army chaplain in my future. So wow. I go from not, I, I go from not wanting to go back to school, you know, and I and I I gave my back to that to now pursuing my master's and being a military chaplain in my near future. And and that right there is is an extreme is literally a 180 degree change. You know, when you're willing to put yourself in the hands of the Lord, you have no idea what he has in store for you. There's hmm. always going to be fear to encounter. No matter what you do in life, there's going to be a certain level of fear. The question is, are you going to let the fear crumble you or are you going to face it? And I've, and I would, I would tell everybody face your fear. Face it because you never know what's going to be beyond that fear that you're going to overcome. And God is going to have that that price for you with his hands open. And just be willing to accept it. Face your fear no matter what, no matter, no matter where you're in. If you're in high school, you're deciding what to do. You're in college. You have no idea why you're in college or why you're there or what, why are you studying what you're studying. Keep pushing forward, no matter how much it hurts. Keep asking the Lord where He wants you to go, and 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 don't don't give up, man. If the moment we give up is when we just start going backwards. 